When you and I, we think of our own spiritual lives, what are the priorities for living that come to heart and come to mind? What is our response to the gospel of Jesus as we live every day? Scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbour as you love yourself. What this is saying is that God in Christ legislates love. He commands us to love. If he commands me, then I can do it. Because it wouldn't be fair for God to command me to do something that I just could not do. God says, love me with everything, heart, mind and soul. I want you to love me, he says. And he says it straight. And then I want you to love your neighbour as you love yourself. Fundamental commandments of the Bible. Old Testament and New Testament. And these provide the umbrella for our thinking today. Because in this morning's parable, Jesus is talking to an expert in religious law. And this lawyer... This expert says to, to Jesus, ah, but who is my neighbour? He's heard Jesus talk about this. And so he says, yeah, now I'm going to see who Jesus is my neighbour. You see, he's looking for a loophole because he doesn't want to love like Jesus says. He will love depending on who his neighbour is. Yeah, he will not love without barriers. The lawyer is simply saying, I don't know if I will love or not until I can find out who my neighbour really is. How do I work that out, Jesus? And why should I? Do I determine who I love by who lives next door to me? Or do I determine by ethnicity, uh, politics, first impressions, looks, story, orientation, race, gender? Jesus, you tell me who is my neighbour. So Jesus' answer to the lawyer's loophole is a story, a parable, and we know it as the Good Samaritan, or as our children's book that we've been looking at says, The Good Stranger. Here it is. You know it better than I, probably. A certain man went down from Jerusalem. Now, this means that that man was a Jew. He went to Jericho. He fell among thieves who stripped him and wounded him and left him half dead. A priest passed by and looked at him. A priest, your pastor, your officer, your expert in religious tradition and orthodox practice. The priest walked by, looked at the victim and ignored him. So this priest, who remember the lawyer probably thought was a good neighbour, would not help a half-dead man. So let's break this down where it becomes relevant to our lives. Have you ever been shocked when you were in trouble at someone who didn't help you? Has that ever happened to you? The priest maybe, the officer maybe, somebody who did not call you or did not come to your side. That person that you thought for sure would stand by you. That person you thought would love you when you were going through a hellish personal experience. They didn't show any understanding. They just walked on by without a word. That person wasn't there for you. I'm sorry. It's a challenge, you know, for 
all pastors, for officers and ministers, especially never to pass on the other side. And I'm sorry if that's ever been your experience with us. I don't, I hope not, I pray not, but I'm sorry if it is. And I'm sorry if it's ever been your experience that somebody who you thought would be with you in a time of trial never turned up for you. Jesus makes a big point here, doesn't he? But then he takes the story just a little bit further on, you see, because in the story he says, now along came a Levite who did exactly the same thing as a priest, looked at the half-dead man, did nothing at all. Now, why does Jesus include Levites? Who were they? Well, the thing is this, you see, the Levites were temple members too. They were generally the congregation. They were particularly people who had maybe different responsibilities within the temple, but by and large, it was the temple congregation. Many of them just went to worship. Many of them served the priests or served with the priests or served for the temple. Many of them were musicians. Many of them opened the gates. They stood guard. Some of them packed up at the end of the worship services. They transported the tabernacles from place to place. They put it up, they packed it down. You see, these words that Jesus is saying about love apply to the whole body of Christ. None of us are immune from the exhortation to love God and to love our neighbour. You can't just love the people you naturally have an affinity with. God's love will make you go the extra mile. This love insists you apologise, even though you thought you were right. Love will make you feed somebody who actually insulted you. I can't, I, I, I can remember a number of times, many times, when I've been serving in a drop-in and somebody's really hurt and insulted me and actually physically tried to attack me. This is a number of years ago. And then I've gone and served them a meal. Tough, isn't it? Tough. Love will make you call somebody or email them or contact, even though it makes you look like the weaker one. You may find this teaching hard, but if you really are a lover of Christ, then love will find a way. But now at this point, Jesus brings in a surprise element. And this is great storytelling. Because along comes a Samaritan. After the priest, after the Levite, along comes a Samaritan. Remember that in this lawyer's mind, there is no such thing as a good Samaritan. Ooh, that doesn't work because the Jews had no dealings with Samaritans, of course. So Jesus is saying that if you desire to be like him, you have to love like him. You have to love people who don't look like you, or love like you, or vote like you, or dress like you, whose orientation, background, story is different to yours. I've said that. You cannot escape this big picture of love. One writer and preacher said, love has no loopholes. And Christ's love certainly has no loopholes. You'll have heard the well-known phrase which says it was not the nails that held him to the cross. One minister said he could have pulled the nails out. It wasn't the cross because he made the tree. It wasn't the mountain because he hollowed the mountain. But for the love that was set before him, he died. No loopholes there. You've got to love everybody with all your heart. And the Samaritan binds the Jewish man's wounds, places him on his donkey, takes him to an inn. And not only that, he pays the innkeeper to look after him. For the entire duration of your life on earth, your life and relationships will always insist 
that you broaden your ability to love. If you can't determine who to love, if you can't determine who your neighbour is, you will not experience the privilege of participating with God in his kingdom work of healing, reconciliation and agape unconditional love. What a privilege that is. So I ask you this morning to search your own heart and ask, is there a reservation? Is there a difference with somebody I have at home, at work, in my church fellowship that is being unresolved? Then you have to love them, even if you feel they've wronged you. Love always wins. Perhaps you need healing of something that is obstructing your love for a neighbour. There is something within you, actually, that's stopping it. You're blaming them, but maybe it's your problem. Be big enough to face that. And then here's the twist in Jesus' story. Because effectively he's saying, what if God puts the healing that you need in the hands of a Samaritan? What if God puts the healing that you need in the hands of a Samaritan, the last person on earth that you thought would help you. Wow. What if that person you think is not your neighbour is actually praying for you and you don't know it? What if they're praying for you right now? What if they're praying for you and your family? What if that person you think is not your neighbour is praying for your healing when you feel as though you've been beaten up and left half dead by circumstances or even by them. Don't you believe in spiritual healing? Don't you believe in answered prayer? Believe the best for yourself, your family. Believe the best for your enemy, for those who would oppose you. Please, you have to go on a love mission a love mission and say you're my neighbor I don't know what to think about you but I know I love you in Christ your love has got to go on the mission field wherever you live as hard as you might find that because sometimes God puts your healing in the hands of somebody who is so vastly different to you don't withhold your love from those who are not like you or who you perceive are your enemies because they just may turn out to be an angel in your life. In 40 years of ministry, I can tell you, it happens. So finally, God commands us to love. And when many of us are able to gather again at Regent Hall, do you know this? I don't care if you dance all over the church all morning. I really don't mind that. In fact, that would be great, wouldn't it? I don't care if you come and you only speak in tongues suddenly. I don't mind if you come and, and, and you're, you're, you're sort of serving tea and coffee when eventually it all comes right. I don't care if you give your body to be burned. I don't care if you give all your money to the church. But as the greatest commandment is love, if you don't pass the love test, nothing else really matters. And Jesus says, to you and to me this morning. Just show mercy and go and do the same. And if Jesus says it, friends, we must.
love one another. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. And thank you to all who have contributed to our worship this morning. We always appreciate the ministry and the work that goes. And particularly uh, uh, from, from our, our musicians of all parts of the church, you're all absolutely wonderful. Our worship group have uh, given us some beautiful uh, songs in, in these past many, many months. And now they're coming to sing Waymaker. God bless you.